Um, Ephesians chapter 2, notice what we read in verse 1. It says, "And, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we also all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. And so we're going to come down, we're going to break this down uh, 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 pretty pretty small portions. And so Henry, let me begin by just going first to, to verse 1 uh, there. What do you... What do you see there, and as we begin this section, what are your opening thoughts? There is a a show that has been um, pretty popular with the kiddos, I'll say, because I'm old now, so I could say kiddos. Um, and it's been popular for a long time. I don't know why. I don't know what this fascination is with the dead, but it's called, you guys probably know it, right? The The Walking Dead. And I was just thinking about that as, as, I, as I read this particular verse. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. And the thing that stood, stood out to me is um, the, the you. Uh, just how personal that, that word is. You know? It doesn't say and, 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 and those people over there he made alive. Or that group over there he made alive. It says and you. And so I kind of like just put a slasher and I put, and Henry he made alive, or, or Manny he made alive, or Randy he made alive, um, meaning that we were dead. We were, we were walking dead. We were, we were zombies. There's a bunch of walking dead people um, walking around um, this, uh, this earth. But the very fact that, that he, and we're going to talk about um, the fact that we're saved by grace, that's probably one of the key uh, passages or verses in this text that we're going to cover, that he made us alive. That by his grace, his mercy, the cross, the blood, the nails, um, his pain, his suffering, his shame, he made us alive. We were dead and, and he, brought us, he brought us life. It wasn't like he brought us back to life. He brought us life. Um, and it's, a, it's an amazing verse when you think about the fact that we were dead. You were dead, and he made alive. Yeah, most of you guys are probably familiar with the passage that says, and the wages of sin is death. The Lord told Adam in the garden, if you eat this fruit, surely you will die. And so that was us. It's hard to imagine, but that was us. Um, and we were we were dead. I like what Warren Worsby said. He said we weren't just sick; we were dead. He said we don't just need a resuscitation; we needed a resurrection. We were we were dead. You know the the body. If you see a corpse right here, and this is where we get our English word. Um, you know, you see a corpse lying there. It doesn't respond to physical stimuli because it's dead. Well, when you're spiritually dead, there's no response to spiritual stimuli. You know, we were, we were, we were dead. And we're going to see in this passage right here, basically at the end of the day, we were on this slippery slope without 
hope. Let me tell you something. If you were dead, what can you do for yourself? Nothing. What can anyone do for you other than God? And so, you know, when we talk about the the, the blessings of chapter 1, and you guys saw that we are so blessed, but don't forget where you came from. Don't forget what God has done, and you, he, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world. And so, Randy, if it's okay, I want to pause right there, uh, that portion of verse 2. Um, what, do you, what, do you, what is it, walking according to the course of this world? I think it's just consistently going with the mindset and the spirit um, of basically ignoring God. Um, I think, you know, it, like you said, it's, it's a hard difference between when you know the Lord and when you don't. Um, and when you don't, when you haven't come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't get that conviction when you sin. You don't understand why things are wrong. And a lot of the time, like, that's what makes the difference. That's the big difference that shows of whether you know the Lord or not. Um, is if you know what you're doing is wrong and if you're just consistently walking in sin, we're blind in that way. Um, and Pastor Manny put it in a really good way of that we don't respond to spiritual stimuli in that way. Yeah, Manny, I, I was um, reading about an illustration, and you're probably familiar with it because it's an old illustration about uh, an open-air preacher preaching on sin, and, and, and he was talking about the weight of sin. And this young man, you know, he just said, you know, preacher, you, you, you keep mentioning the weight of sin, and he was kind of mocking him, and he said, how much does it weigh, five pounds, eight pounds, ten pounds? And the man, the preacher said, you know, son, if I were to put a 400-pound corpse, you know, a 400-pound rock on a, man, on a dead man, would he feel it? And the young man says, of course not, he's dead. And he says, well, that is the man who doesn't feel the weight of sin. And so it just kind of reminded me of that, you know, the fact that when we sin, we feel it right away, at least we should. Right? We, it, it stings, it bothers us, it convicts us. Uh, but a man who's dead, he doesn't feel anything. Obviously, he doesn't know he's dead. And so um, uh, that reminds me, too, um, I remember uh, one of the great preachers, even of today, he's a pastor of the Moody Bible Church in Chicago. And what he does when he teaches his uh, guys about preaching and evangelism is he takes them to a cemetery and uh, he says, okay, guys, go ahead, start preaching. <laughs> and, and, and in all reality, you know, when you're, when you're sharing the Lord with people, you're, you're sharing the gospel, you're trying to bring the dead to life, and no man can do that, only God. And, and that's the reality of it. And so Randy's talking, and, and so we're going to see in our passage today, maybe you're already aware of this, we have three enemies in one sense, the world, the flesh, and, and the devil. And, and the world that we live in, the culture, First uh, John 5.19, it says the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And, you know, you go to Singapore, or you go to Cambodia, or you go, you know, downtown, you go to San Francisco. There is a, 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 a the society that has an influence on us. You go to Hollywood. And so when you're not a Christian, you're going to walk like the world. You're going to be under that spell. And so we see that in verse 2, and that's the way we used to be. And if you guys, unless you got saved when you were really young, and I do know some kids got saved, you know, three, four years old, but for most of us here, it's a little later. And even then, um, they, you, you don't have to teach a two-year-old how to lie, huh? 
you know, or to, or to say mine. Um, but, but that's the sway of the world in which we, we once walked, Henry, and I don't want to, you know, we were there, Humbro. We once walked according to the course of this world. And the second thing he says right there, according to the, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. And so there's the enemy, huh? I mean, yeah. Yeah, so you see the course of this world, which he's the God with the little G of this world, and then you see the one behind it, the, the prince, which speaks of his rank, speaks of the fact that he ranks the highest, and then he has a, a bunch of minions, demons, um, that are with him uh, doing his, his work. Yeah, um, the course of the world according to the prince of the power of the air. How many of you, I was thinking about this today. Believe that you served the devil before you came to the Lord. I would say most none of us, huh? You know, we were just kind of going at it. I mean, it's very difficult to um, prove or get someone to believe that they're de- that they're spiritually dead um, because they're dead, right? And and um, just the same, it's very difficult to understand that we serve a master. It's either one master or the other. And prior to us coming to Jesus, like it says here, we were walking according to the way he wanted us to go. We were basically his, he was our puppet master, so to speak. And we're walking according um, to the prince, the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. You know what I was thinking about when we first went to Cambodia, man? Remember when... when, um, it was the first time we were kind of scouting it. You guys are probably pros. You guys have been there all the time. But it was the first time. We, everything was new to us. We would go to a corner and we'd see idolatry everywhere. People, uh, temples and, and, and statues and, and people uh, uh, putting out meat, you know, offering it to the idols. And do you remember as soon as it turned night? Like there was just like this spirit, man. There was just like this like... We would stay inside. We would go out at night. You know? But there was just something that like took over at night, and it just kind of reminded me of what it says here. Um, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Yeah, that was us. You know, I, uh, I, I don't know. You know, like Henry said, we don't realize the, the way that we're, we're under the influence of the enemy. You know, when you do drugs, you're opening doors to demons. Uh, when I was in a, in a heavy metal band, uh, I, we played songs. We wrote our own songs. Don't make fun of me. Okay? that hard to imagine that Manny was in a heavy metal band? <laughs> you know, and uh, I mean, we're getting high and it sounded so good, you know. And, uh, and all I know is that looking back now on the songs that we wrote without realizing it, they were all about the devil. They were all about darkness. They were all about his uh, agenda for the youth. And, and it's not like we sat there and thought, well, how are we going to, you know, what, what's, what are we going to push on this generation? No, it was, it was just us uh, really, you know, walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the, the spirit who, who works in the sons of, of disobedience. That was our, our life. And then the third enemy that we have, we have, you know, the world, the influence of the world. And so if you're going to be a Christian, visualize it like going against the flow. Like everyone's going this way. All the, the fish are going downstream. So you got to go upstream. You know, and, and then you have the, the, the demons that are, that are calling the shots. 
And then the third thing right here in verse 3, among whom we also once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh. And so talk a little bit about, about the flesh, Randy. When Paul writes, it's not a good thing. No, it's, um, the flesh is not a good thing. It's, it's something that we're supposed to consistently, in a sense, try to suffocate. Um, it's actually kind of funny because I was, I was talking to a brother yesterday that um, I was telling him how, you know, the enemy and our, and our flesh is like so deceptive, like absolutely deceptive. And a lot of what we tend to like, like to do, the world will tell us like, oh, it's natural, it's normal. Like if I'm lusting after, after a woman and like the world will tell me, oh, like you're a guy, it's cool, like that's normal. Um, and so the enemy and our flesh will kind of like crave things like that and the world will tell us like, yeah, it's, it's just what it is, it's human nature. Um, but the Bible calls us to deny ourselves, to deny that, that flesh and to, to put that old man to rest and, and bring in the new man. Um, so I think it's important to always be able to see that, to identify those things that it's like, okay, maybe I might be feeling this way, but does the Lord say it's right? And have the Lord say, have the last word, because Romans 6.17 says that, that we were slaves to sin. And to be out of that bondage through Christ is an amazing, amazing power that we can tap into. But just to know that um, we are deceived on a regular basis um, by our own flesh and by the enemy, um, and to be able to identify that and work against it. Yeah, this was our, our, our life, you know. We were, we were trapped in this. And so when sin entered the world, uh, we, uh, our, our, we, we fell. And, you know, when God created Adam and Eve, uh, just, you know, beautiful, without sin, and then uh, when it came in, uh, suddenly all our, um, our, our nature was inclined now to, to do evil. And so we take things that would be healthy appetites. Uh, there is a place for sexual intimacy, but it becomes an animal appetite. It becomes flesh. I mean, uh, and so think about the, the condition of such an individual. They're, they're in, we're in this body of death. I mean, we are, we are constantly being bombarded by, by the enemy himself. And, and we can't do anything about it because we're, we're dead in our sins. And the whole world, we're in this you know, matrix of the enemy. That's, that was us. And, and right here, he says, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And here's where it gets crazy. And we're, by nature, children of wrath just as the others. And so, Henry, that's, that's who we are. We were. That's what verses 1 through 3 talk about. It's important for us to know our condition prior to salvation. And so, when you read that last part of verse 3, what do you think, bro? Yeah, there's a saying that, I don't know where it came from, but maybe some of you have heard it, um, going to hell in a handbasket. Have you guys ever heard that saying? Well, that's, that's, that was us. I mean, we were children of wrath. We were destined for judgment. Uh, we were destined to, to one day um, have to, to, to be face-to-face to God and have to deal with our sins. That, that, was, that was our future. That's what we were going to be faced with. Um, and you know, I don't want to give the very next verse away, but, but thank God for that, right? Thank God for that. That's the only the only. One that can that can save us from our destiny, 
which was wrath, which was judgment, which was to um, get what we deserve, which is to have to pay for our sin, to, to be in hell, to be in torment. Yeah, and, and I think I mentioned it in this morning's study. It's very important for us to realize that it's not the, the, the wrath of, of man and it's not the wrath of, of the devil. It is the wrath of Almighty God. That, that's who we were. We were children of wrath. And I know a lot of people, they don't like to hear about hell or, or the lake of fire. You know, but God is God. And, and that's where we were headed and justifiably so because when we sin, transgressions, you know, these things that we're involved in, uh, we did it against God. And so, I don't know, you know, I wake up every morning and I get on my knees and I always thank God for not giving me what I deserve. We have to constantly remind ourselves of, of, of the mercy that has been extended to us we can never forget this. We can't. That's who we were. But then, man, verse 4, <laughs> but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And so, um, I don't know, uh, what do you think on, on that section, Randy? Um, isn't it cool how God just, you know, steps in, huh? I think the, the coolest part that stands out to me is, is verse 5 when it says, even when we were dead in trespasses. To me, that emphasizes the fact that you, it's not really like God doesn't want you to clean up your life before coming to him. He'll take you as you are, and he will clean you up himself. You don't have to worry about getting things together before coming to God. Because you give yourself to Christ, and he will just clean house in your heart. He'll absolutely do that. And I know for myself, like, I'm always questioning, like, where I'm at and all these things, but then I'm reminded of grace. And that's the emphasis of this chapter is grace, and it's, it's by grace. It's by grace. It's, it's not by faith alone, it's, but it's by faith through grace. And I think if we have a good understanding of how immense and just like infinite God's grace is, then we'd really understand his nature and his character. Aren't you guys glad that God is rich in mercy? Because some of you guys here, you're, you're a little merciful. You know, someone does something wrong, they cut you off, and you're like, they give you the one-way sign, and you're like, okay, have a good day. You know, you don't... Give them what they deserve or whatever your kid, you know, or, or someone in church offends you. And, you know, there's a part of us that, you know, we extend mercy. Okay, I know I was dissed. I know what you meant when you said that. But I'm going to let it go. Uh, I, and we, we extend mercy. But aren't you grateful that God is rich in mercy? I mean, he, he doesn't give us what we deserve. But then right there, notice, Henry, it says, because of his great love with which he loved us. And so this is while we're nailing him to a cross. This is while we're mocking him. This is while we're spitting in his face. This is while we're, we're doing our own thing against the one who made us. He loved us, even then. Talk, talk about 
if you would, Henry, that part, maybe his love or what do you think, bro? Yeah, I think a lot of people have a hard time um, receiving that that mercy, you know, kind of uh, understanding like, well, why me? You know, and they kind of start analyzing like, well, I don't deserve it. I did this and I did that and and I failed today or whatever the case may be. But we have to understand that it's not based on us. It's based on him. It's based on his love. It's based on his rich mercy. Um, We love him. What does the Bible say? Because he first loved us. And so, uh, to me, that's comforting because I think we all kind of get stuck in that, you know. Uh, like, man, how, how could you love me today? You know, I, I blew it with my wife or I did this or, you know, I, I, I didn't do that or something. And then we come back to the fact that it's because of his great love, you know. It, it's because of the fact that he is rich in, in, in mercy. And what, what do we know about mercy? Mercy is not getting what we deserve, right? Because of his great love. Um, I like that, what you said about mercy, because I think that, you know, if we show mercy, we're proud of it, you know? It's like if somebody cuts us off and, and, and we don't tell them how we feel, we're like, yeah, like I, I was victorious, you know? But the next person that cut us off, oh man, they're going to get double, right? Um, but God is so rich in mercy because of the fact that he is love. The Bible says that God is love. Um, I like that because it just reminds me that it's 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 not about me, it's about it's about him. And, and then the last verse we'll cover before we get into our groups. It says, "Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Uh, by by grace you have been saved." And then in verse six, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And so the thing, the thing about Ephesians and this section right here, it teaches us that not only did God raise us from the dead, but he raised us all the way to heaven. I mean, you see, God's outside of time and we're seated right now. We can't see it, but the theological truth when it comes to soteriology is that we are seated. We are seated in the heavenly places. That that's the salvation that, that has been given to us. And, and so, you know, when one day, and I don't know how it's all going to work out, but it says in verse 7 that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. You know, I mean, just to use my brother Henry as an example, we're going to be like, man, Henry made it. You know, wow. You know, Randy, Manny's there. There's going to be, but there, there will be people there. You are going to look, and you're just going to just worship God. He's going to be a trophy. That, that guy made it. That gal made it. The exceeding riches of his grace there in heaven. And it will forever testify. And I know for us, just the fact that we're there, because we know ourselves, we know who we are, but we're going to be there. And and so, you know, this this is going to be a trophy forever. You guys know justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting the punishment you deserve. And grace is getting lavished with all the goodness 
that we don't deserve. And that's, that's the God who we serve. And so real quick, before we go into our groups, any, any closing thoughts on, on those verses, um, Randy? I think for me, um, mostly you just you see God's grace, and and you know how you mentioned that even when we get to heaven, we'll be surprised at at how how massive God's grace is. And I think for me, um, that's the place that I always return to um, in my own walk, is that even when I mess up, even when I'm not where I'm supposed to be, that God will still say like I'm choosing you. I'm still there. I'm still here. I'm still here. Um, there might be times where, like Henry said, you know, we feel like we don't deserve that love because we just blew it, we just went off on somebody or, or said something we shouldn't have said or anything like that, and then God will still choose you. Like, I want to use you. Come on. Like, I still love you. I'm, I'm giving you my grace. Just accept it, and let's get better about it. And I think for me, those are the times in my walk where I'm just blown away by God um, because it's completely against our own human nature and really logic. Um, and it's when I'm in those moments, it really, really just brings me to my knees um, to know that God loves me despite any trespasses that I've ever had. Yeah, and that love is is unconditional. Um, nothing you can do to make him love you more. Nothing you can do to make him love you less. God loves you because he is love. He is a lover. He loves you not in light of you, but in spite of you on your good days, your bad days. Um, prayerfully, that love changes us. Like Henry said, we love him because he first loved us. And what did Jesus say? If you love me, what are you going to do? You're going to keep his commandments. So we don't, you know, we don't believe and we don't preach uh, God's love, God is love, God is love, so do whatever you want. God is love, and so he'll give you a trancaso. God is love, so he'll discipline us. God is love, and he's holy, but... But the, the thing that I really pray, and we're going to go into our groups now, is just um, just uh, uh, if God loved you before you were a Christian, before you were his child, how much more so do you understand that he'll love you now that you're, you're his kid? And so, so never forget that. Like Henry said, the love of God, to really take it in, it's not an easy thing to do because we... We don't think like him. We are always thinking in what that person deserves. We are constantly caught and trapped in this ugly body of death that says, you know, you've done me wrong. You're, you're, you're talking. You're, you're doing all these things. I see it, and, and I want to retaliate. We just, we don't have that, but we want it. That mentality is so foreign to us. The way, isn't it cool, even that word kindness, the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us. And so, you know, when we understand the way that God deals with us and just the way he is, hopefully that then just allows us to then kind of reciprocate that, you know, towards others. And just knowing, you know, anthropology, soteriology, where we were before and, and who we are now, some people say that chapter 1 is uh, all about the riches of salvation, and then chapters 2 and 3 show you the process of how it all happened. And so um, we're going to get in our groups now, and we're going to go through verses 8 through 10, which happen to be some of the 
most amazing verses in the in the whole Bible. Okay, so young adults, we got you guys over here in this corner over here, and uh, Henry and Abel, um, you guys can get together with the rest.